Welcome to episode 36 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, they've invited a guest to break down the topics of lying and honesty. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our 36th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of three. Hey, Angie. How's it going? Hello. It's going. It's at the time of our recording, it's mid-May. So it's uh, mm. end of the school year. And it's very crazy with all the activities going on. Yeah. So busy. I had a parent I was talking to the other day about it. And she was like, I feel like I just... Like, I feel like I just get going into the year and then all of a sudden the school year's over and I can't keep up. And then now we're into summer. And I was like, I feel exactly the same way. So, yeah, it's always it's something. Crazy time of year. Absolutely. Yeah, it sure is. Well, I am excited. I want to dive right into this topic. This is a topic that keeps coming up again and again and again at work with families that we work with, which is lying and kind of the, I guess, maybe the inverse of that or the opposite of that, teaching honesty. So this is an important one. This is one that I know we're going to talk about uh, as kind of being rooted in how we grew up and just how bad lying was, you know, uh, and what are we going to do about this? Our kids are popping up with lies. How, how do we navigate this as parents? So we're definitely going to be diving into this really important one today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about this one because this one comes up all the time for me um, and with my own kids, you know, and yeah. it's kind of a, a discussion that I'm like, well, what do I do when my kid starts lying or what don't I do? More importantly, I think, because a lot of times as parents, we're afraid, right? Like, I don't want to mess this up. I'm going to do the wrong thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I'm so excited about this one. And I'm also really excited to introduce our guest. So today we have a guest with us, um, Kelly Deacon, and she is on our clinical team. So she works with us. So hi, Kelly, if you want to just give us a little bit of an intro about yourself and maybe why you're you're interested in this topic. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, we have pretty similar backgrounds, and I'm also a board certified, certified behavior analyst, and I've been working with the kids probably about 25 years. I, I've, I've spent a lot of time then preschools and schools, um, but most recently in, in a clinic that we taught a lot of children with autism. And that's kind of how I got interested in this topic. I just like many things that we learn within our field, it comes along with a lot of problem solving, right? So there was something happening that I really wanted to figure out for this, this little girl because parents, of course, had tried punishing it and telling her that it was bad, but it kept happening. But she was telling these extraordinary lies, like really epic stories, like <laughs> of little John coming to their backyard barbecue over the weekend. And like, <laughs> where did this even come from? And I knew what they were doing wasn't working. So I was like, let me get curious and figure out what's going on. I did a lot of observing. And what I realized is that she was lying in, in the context of a conversation. So someone would talk about their weekend 
And then she would sort of one up them and say how she also went to the beach and it was even cooler because they, they did this. And she was so sociable and so likable. that I think that's just what she was trying to achieve. Like she wanted to be engaging with people. But what I also realized is that she didn't have a lot of reciprocal conversation skills. She wasn't asking questions. She wasn't elaborating. And there were some holes in her ability to engage with people. And she was filling up with these stories. But before that, people were just perceiving as her doing this bad thing and how do they punish it? And I was like, oh, we need to teach her how to have a conversation. And I think it really changed her life because it was a big deal for her. She was being known as the, as the liar mm-hmm. and and got that label. And, and this was a big shift for her. Yeah. So that was kind of like the case that really kickstarted your interest in into lying and, and truth telling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, that was the beginning. And then I was like, okay, so there's different kinds of lies. Not all situations were like hers. They function. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, Kelly, that segues perfectly into our first question that we have for you, which is essentially, what is lying? What are the types of lies and kind of uh, what's normal? What's developmentally appropriate, I guess they could say? Yeah, I think that there are different types of lies that function in different ways. And I would say what almost all kids experienced in there, which is totally normally developmentally as toddlers is when they start kind of developing an imagination and it's the beginning of storytelling. Like my the other day told me that her mom got a pink car. She 100% got a pink, have a pink car. But I think my niece just didn't know how to say, wouldn't it be cool if my mom had a pink car? What if her car was pink, mm-hmm. right? She had this idea and she wanted to share it. What can be tricky sometimes is, is that gets labeled as lying straight off the bat when I think mm-hmm. toddler like using their imagination. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say the next step above that is then we're not a toddler anymore, but we're doing some storytelling to to engage with people, to to appear interesting with people um, mm-hmm. just as a way to interact with others. And maybe that's because they're lacking some other skills of being able to do that. But it's more of like the storytelling kind of lying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there's this whole other class of lying, which I think is probably what comes our way most frequently. And that's that lives in this area of avoidance. So mm-hmm. number one would be avoiding being in trouble, mm-hmm. avoiding being accountable, um, or even acknowledging that, you know, that I've made a mistake. Um, but I also think there's some avoidance in terms of how you're feeling, right? If you're not ready to like tackle this thing that happened, I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to pretend like it's not happening. So mm-hmm. there's avoidance of some kind of internal state that is happening as well. I'm sure there are other ways mm-hmm. that it's function, but I think that's what comes our way the most frequently with kids. Yeah. I think it helps when you break it down into different uh buckets of lying (laughs) it's not just the no i didn't do it because i don't want to get in trouble but there are different variations and kind of maybe start off as a more imaginary or like i want to appear really interesting sort of thing and then it kind of maybe snowballs from there Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's important to highlight that some of that is developmentally appropriate right like we were saying so like so i'll get parents who come to me kind of with that knee-jerk reaction right like they're lying. Oh, no. What do we do? And they're three. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe it's not lying, right? Maybe it is that they're storytelling or they're they don't have I love the use the way you said it, like they, maybe they don't have the skill set to, to articulate it the way that they would like to. And they're not 
you know, they're not necessarily intentionally lying. So I, I'm glad that you pointed that out. Um, so I think kind of to piggyback off of that, are there things that we can do as parents to maybe prevent lying? So we know that, may, sure, there's going to be some lying, but are there actual things that parents could do to prevent some of that? Yeah, there there sure is. And, and I think the first thing that we want to do is to get curious. So I was thinking about lies in terms of how they're functioning. That's what I want you to get curious about. Is this because they don't quite have the language to support the way they're trying to engage? Is this some avoidance? Are they having a hard time making mistakes? Or is, is there some perfectionism happening? Or is there mm-hmm. a time tolerating difficult feelings or understanding feelings? And I think that's the first that's the first line. Let's get curious of where this is happening and what what information does that give us for things that we can teach them? Can we teach them to ask more questions? Can can we teach them to um, understand complexities of emotions a bit more and and figure that out? So there's that. Then I would just say I have a couple like general tips. And the first one is that the more kids lie, the more they're going to lie. And that sounds super silly. But what I mean by that is that the more you practice lying, the more comfortable you're going to get in that space. Mm-hmm. So that means we actually want to decrease kids' opportunities for lying. And what is like really commonly will occur is that if you kind of off the bat say, did you do this? And mm-hmm. in, in that moment, a child is like, oh, no, I because that very impulsive decision of like, I don't want to be in trouble. You're obviously very mad about this. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like, we want to avoid setting up kids for lies. So mm-hmm. if you know that they ate the chocolate, just say, hey, I saw that you ate the chocolate and address it as opposed to giving them an opportunity where they're maybe likely to not be honest when when they're faced in this idea of being accountable. You know, as a sidebar, you're going to work on them being accountable and all those other things. But at the at this moment, let's kind of decrease the opportunities. I was sharing a story recently about being at a barbecue with a friend and my friend told her daughter only one Sprite and we were all kind of hanging out together and she clearly had a fresh, like cracked open ice cold <laughs> Sprite. And her, is that a new Sprite? She hundred percent knew it was a new Sprite, but she was in front of people. Mm-hmm. She was afraid to get in trouble. She's a, I don't know, maybe they'd go home, various things. So mm-hmm. she said no. So mm-hmm. in the of opportunities, what I would say is like, hey, that's a new Sprite. We need to put that away. Maybe you address it further some other time, but avoid kind of in in the moment catching them in a lie. Um, The other thing I would say is like, let them know that you know it and then maybe even give them some time to process. So I find a lot Mm -hmm. come back and be like, okay, actually I did do that. So say, I saw that you took a new Sprite. We're going to put that away and we'll talk about it when we're leaving, right? Mm -hmm. Time to process it so that they're more likely to kind of be honest later on. Hmm. I love that. It's yeah. So the takeaway for me is not to create the occasion for lying or to prevent the opportunities to lie um, can be in the way that you address your kids. And when you say it, it kind of makes perfect sense, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why would I be playing games with my kid? Like I saw them take the last soda or the last Sprite or the last piece of chocolate cake. Why am I asking them if they did? Like, I already know. Yeah. Like this weird relationship game, you know? So I think that makes perfect sense to just be like direct about it and then, you know, address it. Yeah. I think it comes from this place where we all have been told that lying is so bad. So like 
we just, it's almost like we're trying to give them, we're kind of calling them out for lying to show them that it's bad. And yeah. It's this mm-hmm. thing. And I'm just saying, yeah, we want to increase honesty, but let's approach it a little bit differently than maybe we have been. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Well, so the question then comes in, let's go down the road a little further. What do I do when my kid starts lying? How do we approach it at that point? Yeah. So I think, honestly, honestly, the first thing, (laughs) the first thing to probably keep in mind is I think we have to acknowledge that it makes us feel uncomfortable. So first we need to separate, like, am I reacting because this feels really uncomfortable or am I responding in a way that I think is going to make it better in the future? So that's, that's sort of like step one that I want you to keep in your back pocket and we can talk about that later. But I think there has got to be a certain self amount of self-awareness for ourselves as, as parents in that situation. Mm-hmm. Next, I would be the next really uncomfortable thing, which I think is more uncomfortable for parents, is that there's got to be a certain amount of amnesty that happens. That means that like we need to create a safe space for children to be honest and to share things from us. And a lot of times kids are lying because they're avoiding getting in trouble. So if they feel confident that if I tell my parents this is going to happen, I'm going to be in huge trouble, it's likely that that they won't be honest. Now, there's obviously exceptions to this rule. I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying let your kids get away with anything, everything, but you've got to have some balance. Yeah. So they know that we can, if I tell my parents, they're going to talk to me about it. They're going to be supportive. They're going to be on my team. We're going to figure this out together, but it might not go just instantly into your in trouble. Because if you lead off with that, it's likely that you're going to have decrease of, of kids being honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've learned this from you too. And we implement this at my own house, which is, it's kind of more of that, like, well, you're going to be in more trouble if we find out that you're lying. You know, so my kids mm-hmm. tend to kind of look at me and then think for a minute and then they'll say like, okay, yes, I did do it. And so I'm trying really hard to be like, okay, you know, I'm disappointed that you did that, but thank you so much for telling me the truth. I'm trying to kind of build that relationship that I'm a trusted person. You can come to me and, you know, we'll figure this out like you're saying. So, so far so good, but (laughs) the stakes are lower when you have a, you know, an almost eight and an almost 10 year old versus like an 18 year old, I think. But um, I'm hoping that I'm laying some groundwork from, from what I learned from you, Kelly. (laughs) You're touching on Angie is that Yes. Okay. Reward with amnesty. But you're also like validating like, hey, thank you for telling the truth. And even validating that it's hard. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's really tough mm-hmm. on me that. And and you did. And I just want to say that was a tough thing to do. And I really appreciate that you did that. And I think that can go a long way too. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I have a follow-up question to that. Um, I get this one a lot from parents. And, you know, this kind of goes back to maybe the way that that people were raised, right? Um, What would you do in a situation where maybe one parent really wants to heavily punish lying because that's how they were raised, but you have another parent who's like, no, I think we need to teach honesty. Like, how would you help them find a balance between the two? Because they're kind of two opposite things here. That is a good question. (laughs) A lot. Um, The very first thing I'm going to say is that it's going to take some pre-planning, 
right? So mm-hmm. I, you've got to be really intentional with our approach. So that means that you, you've got to sit down together as a team and talk about how we're going to manage this. Because when it gets a little bit wonky is when we're all just kind of reacting in the moment and then sort of arguing it later, right? So I think we've yeah. got to sit down and talk about it. Then the next thing, when we sit down and talk about it, I think what where we want to start off is is coming from this idea that we're coming from the same place and the same value, right? So we both want our children to be honest and accountable. And I think recognizing that we're coming from the same place, that's that's a, that's the best place to start. Then I would say, now let's look at what kinds of things have worked for our child and what kinds of things haven't worked for our child. Because mm-hmm. number one parenting advice is that it's a really individualized process. There, there isn't one way that's going to work for every kid. And a lot of times we do things that we've been ex- like exposed to. And mm-hmm. a lot of times wanting to punish lying comes from this place that we want everybody else to know that we think this is bad, right? So I'm mm-hmm. sending a message to everyone that I acknowledge this is bad and I won't accept this from, from, my, from my children. So mm-hmm. I think that can convolute things a little bit. And what we have to dial back on is what works for our child, what has worked in the past. Let's come with the plan. Let's commit to doing it. And let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't. We try something else. But we don't want to keep doing things that isn't working, right? So if we have already been punishing lying and it's not, Mm -hmm. then that's part of the conversation. What works, works. And what doesn't work, doesn't work. Again, that's like another annoying thing I say. So I think the answer is, We've had to have an intentional approach and communicate about it. And it might take some compromise. Um, mm-hmm. We've got to align to what works for our child and that we're coming from this place of the same shared value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that you you mentioned that because I think it's kind of coming together as parents and seeing like what works for my kid. But part of that is what you said before is like figure out why they're lying. And I know we said in the beginning and I, you know, I keep bringing that up because it's so important to figure out like what is the function of the lie, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a parent that that I talked to and they told me this this story about their child doing something that was totally inappropriate um, and the kid lied about it, right? And I said, well, did you ask her why she did it? And the parent was like, no. So I feel like that's a, a lot of times that is a revelation like, oh, maybe just ask, why did you, you know, take that extra cookie, you know, for example, right? So I feel like it, Sometimes just asking those questions can really help you get to the bottom of it. Because it's so delicious. Yeah, right? I mean, been there. (laughs) And like, like I said, get curious. Like, yeah, figure it out. Like, all lies are not created equal. So that's another reason why I just want to steer us away from always like, ooh, lying, bad, punishing. Because Mm -hmm. it's just complex. And there are different kinds of lies. And we haven't even touched the subject of a white lie right? Mm -hmm. There's this whole other category of lying that everybody does. Uh And yeah, it's a, it's a gray area. It's complex and we won't dig into that now, but there are lies that are socially acceptable too. And that's just a real thing. That's tried to, yeah, that's hard to tell a young kid too. Like mom, lying is bad. Why did you say that we couldn't attend this party when we can, you know, like (laughs) those sort of things. That's tricky. Well, (laughs) Which is like why it's so important to address this as a complex issue and not as a black and white, right or wrong issue. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that and you say lying is bad, but then your kids see you lie and say, yeah, sorry when you kid, what kind of message does that send? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's a gray area. It's contextual. It's complex. And it's easier to say this is wrong 
but it's not the whole truth. It's right. Not, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Kelly, another question kind of related to that is why can it be harmful to punish lying in our kids? Yeah. That that's the topic, isn't it? Um, and that's where this all kind of came from. And the risk in in relying on punishment only for lying is that you will teach kids to be better liars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right? It, they're sneakier. They they learn how to not get caught. The whole point of it is avoidance. So if I'm even more worried that I'll be in trouble, then I will learn more skills to avoid being in trouble. Now, I'm not saying you never do that. Again, there's no hard, fast rule, but I'm saying that we've got to balance our approach, mm-hmm. um, that that punishing lying, while sometimes it convinces parents that lying is no longer happening, it might be that they're just getting better at it and you don't know that they're doing it. And that mm-hmm. happens often. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever heard you say that, Kelly, I was like, Wow. I, I sat there for like a solid minute and I was like, I have never really thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And yeah, like if I totally punish, go, go all in on punishing this, like, sure, of course, my child is going to be more likely to be like, how can I get away with this better? Because that punishment was no fun. Right. Um, and so I, I do. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think one of the other layers that I like to put in there for parents is like, to consider in this moment, you have an opportunity to teach something in the short term and the long term. So mm-hmm. maybe the short term is about coloring on the walls, but maybe the long term is about being accountable and being honest and having integrity. And And sometimes you've got to let the short term thing go, which is really tough. It can be really difficult. But I think that's the challenge of being a parent. It's like, what do I think is a more valuable lesson in this moment? And you might have started interaction with teaching your kids not to color on the wall. But it, in the end, I think some of those larger core values are, are always going to be the things that you keep in mind the most. So mm-hmm. that might mean that we have a little amnesty about coloring on the wall and we don't, you know, focus on just punishing that because we want our kids to come to us when they've made mistakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, we're down to our last one for you today, Kelly. Um, so how do I motivate my kid to be honest? So we're obviously talking about, okay, well, we don't want to punish necessarily, right? Um, but are there things that we can do to actually kind of promote honesty? And then are there ways that maybe we could model this for our kids? Yeah, great question. So I think we weaved it in a little bit. So of course, like having a little bit of amnesty when they're honest, of course, you know, recognizing when they are being honest and validating that when that's really difficult. And to your point, Kristen, modeling that. And I think that what we want to model is being accountable for making mistakes mm-hmm. and and for things that maybe have not gone the way that we want them to go and, and, and show kids that you are willing to sort of be honest about that, share that you've made a mistake and show them that you can be comfortable in that space. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably the most important thing that you can do. I, I think that's if we are like creating an environment where making mistakes and doing the wrong thing is bad and we're defensive about it and those kinds of things, that's only going to perpetuate the problem. Mm-hmm. So I think having some accountability is is really critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, it makes me think in the workplace too. You know, you you sometimes come across someone where they're like, nope, I didn't do it. No, that wasn't me. You know, or they they <laughs> don't want to be accountable or they, I, it probably does stem from childhood, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they don't want to get in trouble, you know? And I remember one person in particular was really good about accountability. This person would always say like, oh, my mistake. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. I take ownership. And that really resonated with me because I hadn't seen that. I don't honestly don't remember who it was, but I was just like <laughs> really impressed by that person just saying, yeah, I own it. I'm sorry. That that was my mistake. I'll, I will, I'll do better next time. And it was a non-issue after that point. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't even care, you know, the random little infraction, you know, mm-hmm. you missed a session or something like that. You owned up and, and you just moved on. And that was, yeah, I, I, I was just as a supervisor, I guess, I was really impressed by that. And that actually was, you know, more... Um, I took, I, I was even more, um, just, I had more respect for that person after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I find yeah. like even just, you know, with my daughter, I have a teenage daughter and there was a conflict recently that we are sort of talking through and I can feel myself like wanting to protect myself and like, oh no, I did it because they did this because of this. And I was feeling that way. Um, but I also know that's not what I want to teach her to do. So sometimes I have to step back and slow down and be like, yeah, you're right. I, I think I could have done that differently. And and that accountability portion, even though it's hard and we're protecting ourselves as well, just like they are, I I think that comes comes to the to the root of of the issue. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, I'm sure we could take a even deeper dive into like the uncomfortableness of being accountable for your actions and your mistakes. And, you know, we've talked before about like accepting feedback and being told you're doing something wrong. And so then, you know, that's avoiding that, right, is another whole reason why kids will lie. So I feel like we probably need a part two on this (laughs) one. Um, But yeah, this has been really awesome, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us. yeah, we're so happy to have had you on today. Yeah, thank you so much. I I love talking about it. And I, yeah, I think we could definitely talk about perfectionism and, mm-hmm. and making mistakes because it's really tied together with this. And mm-hmm. yeah, part two. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on our 36th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. On our next episode, we'll be discussing bullying. So until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Care. Find out more at RethinkCare.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day.